the Metal Nerd Podcast. And my guest today is Bill Warren. Hey, hey. <laughs> and Bill, Bill's a musician. And um, I played in a band with Bill. And um, I was trying to figure it out. I think it was 1998 was when, I think, when I started. Um, Through like 2000, if I, yeah, if I remember right. Yeah, 98 sounds right. about right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have a couple of different... Um, you know things in my life that kind of you know i gauge the years by you know <laughs> exactly yeah me too and i'm trying to think of um you know any kind of indicator as to what time that was but you said 98 so i'll just go with that <laughs> <laughs> i think so i i always used to think 99 but then i was thinking about it and i, I think it was 98 when did you guys go back uh, starting with the uh, project one um, that was 2000. Okay. Yeah. Because for a while I was doing both bands. Right. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the band was called Uprooted. Oh. I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then Bill, interestingly, because um, we're going to burn down Master of Puppets today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so interestingly, Bill was in a um, tribute band, a Metallica tribute band. And what years were those? I, that, um, I mean, you started while we were still doing Uprooted. Yeah, yeah. I um i believe it was probably 99 uh started around 99 um and uh i think we ran until about 2007 okay from 99 to 07 all right nice and um that was called creeping death creeping death and uh we got together you know, um, actually, it started because you know we were playing. Um, uh, Uprooted was was playing. What? A little closer. Get closer. Yeah, just a get little a bit. little closer. Okay, yeah. So it be <laughs> basically, that whole thing started when um, you know I was doing Uprooted. Uh, I, I don't remember if you were with us at that point or you were gone. Well, obviously, you're you're with us. So yeah. we played a show. I don't know if you remember it, but <laughs> it's like I'm talking to somebody that wasn't there. At the Crest? Was it the Crest? <laughs> the Crest, yeah. I believe, yeah. In Torrance? Your, Torrance, California. Yeah, your uh, your mind is much better than mine, my I friend. remember some of these things, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that show at the Crest, we played with, um, I think we played with Neil's band, um, didn't we? Uh, was that Black Triangle? Black, Black Triangle, yeah. Damn, look at it. My and uh, working today. <laughs> Uh, and, um, they reminded me of like kind of priesty and flotsam and jetsamy. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were, they were a really, you know, kind of a heavier kind of, a, yeah. I mean, a newer at that time, newer kind of a priest sound, you know, they were like thrasher. Yeah. 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 They, um, I, th- I think they had some songs that were on, a. I don't, I don't even remember the name of the TV show, but they were on it. It was on, they had some credits on a TV show or something like that. But, um, Neil asked us, let's play this, this show and at the crest and, um, Brian and, and, um, James from Creeping Death were there mm. and I think they were just starting up and stuff like that. And they asked if I wanted to kind of sit in. I'm like, sure, man. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I kind of go there and I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, uh, just singing, and it was really weird for me because in Uprooted, you know, I always played bass or whatever and sang, and, you know, to have 
you know, to have nothing to do in between songs, you know, you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. So I just, that's you know, right. Just, you were just singing. Yeah, yeah. So I just, you know, relied. Basically, I hid between, hid behind my head banging. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, a couple of years later. I think I switched over to bass. Mm-hmm. Um, and just played. Um, and you had the Explorer, right? I had a Explorer white Explorer bass. Yeah. yeah. And um, which I had Lars sign and then stupidly sold it afterwards. But no way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, How much did you get for it? I don't even want to say. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, then I moved to guitar shortly after that, uh, and I think that, that was when Pat joined the band as well. Uh, Pat's a drummer. He uh, plays I don't know how many bands he's in right now, and I haven't really talked to him in a little while, but uh, he's um, – I think he was in um, – uh, what the heck is it called? Prototype. Oh, yeah, he was in Prototype at the time, and um, which I guess Jimmy replaced him, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but uh, he joined Creeping Death at the same time that I switched over to guitar, and it kind of made it more of a an authentic kind of a tribute thing, and you know, it it did pretty well. Um, but uh, I don't know where I'm going yeah. with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because then you guys. You got yeah. Once you went to guitar, then it was like it, the it real was thing. yeah. It was it was it was it was a lot better, and we you know we started actually you know doing making some decent you know scratch and you know doing so a lot better shows. And you know I think um, I think we ended up playing for something like eight or ten thousand was probably the max that we played for at the time. Um, but yeah, that's crazy. But uh, the, oh gosh, that was a cr- that was a crazy show. It was, um, it was in as Arizona. Yeah, I remember and it was that. A, oh, you. I mean, I wasn't there, but I remember. Yeah, I remember it reading was, or hearing about it. Oh my it gosh, it was like 150 degrees out there. Jesus. <laughs> Any time I would breathe in, it was like breathing in fire. So <laughs> if you could imagine breathing in fire and then trying to you know kind of screech out some James lyrics, it doesn't get more metal <laughs> than that, man. No. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and how many people were there? Uh, I think it was about, I, I I don't remember exactly, but in my mind, it was eight to 10,000. Jesus, man. That's yeah. insane. It was huge. It was like a radio promotion show in Arizona, and they, they flew us out, and, you know, we did the show. It was really awesome, but... Um, was it like a... Um, like was it just like a cordoned off area, or was it like an actual venue? It was a, it was a venue. Um, I, I I imagine that they have the same thing every year, so they probably have it the same place. But uh, yeah, it was a full on. It, well, it was outdoors. Um, yeah. But you know, to be honest with you, I didn't even get past the stage, so I don't know if it was a a full on like show where there's like. I don't know. I don't remember if there was seating or not. Uh, but it was hot. That's all I, I remember. Th- I, you know, <laughs> I, I remember seeing like at least one picture of it somewhere online yeah, or something yeah. like that. And I was like, Holy crap. Man. Yeah. It was, it, it was really an experience, um, that I won't soon forget. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember a lot of details, but yeah, <laughs> I do remember it was hot. Well, and the funny thing is, um, uh, in remembering this is, uh, that br- I guess Brian and James, 
were guitar players, I guess. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, I know James was and Brian. I yeah, guess, Brian started out. He was the, the guitar player, and then we had another bass player. And when I started singing, and then that bass player, um, I think his name's Jason. And um, I was just wondering, like, you know, when they saw you singing for Uprooted, I wonder how you go, hey, that guy would be awesome in a Metallica <laughs> tribute band. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. You know, uh, and I yeah. mean, I guess it's not like a way far cry, but I felt like the vocals in Uprooted were much more brutal. Oh, like, yeah, more yeah. Of like a It was more scream, of a kind more of a screaming, kinda, yeah, yeah. kind of more Pantera than Metallica or, you know. Yeah, and I, yeah, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because... Yeah, at that time I was kind of trying to focus on, you know, honing my screaming, <laughs> uh, you know, abilities. You were on it. That was the like at that point you were. That was destroying. when it was really rolling. I yeah, think, you were at, rolling at the most. Uh, but uh, it was coming easy it, in those days. I remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I could, I could pretty much, you know, blast out of yeah. at any time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um. <laughs> but it, f oddly enough, um, I did a I did a recording for um, for this game. Uh, what was it? Um, guitar. What's guitar one Hero. Of no, w I did do some stuff for Guitar Hero, but uh, this one was for. Uh, it was called Guitar Revolution, and mm. it's made by the same people that did the Dance Revolution. But it was you know it, it was at the height of the guitar game thing and. And a guy contacted me to do uh, Am I Evil? And, um, you know, so I I practiced the hell out of Am I Evil and, you know, tried to get it, like, spot on. And at the time, he's, you know, and I, I felt pretty good about it. Uh, you know, I, I felt like it sounded super close to the recording. Um, and at the time, the guy was like, you know, I also have a Pantera song and, you know walk do you want to do that and i'm like uh, i'll try because <laughs> i'd been out of for, for out of it for you know at least a few years and um i i i went into a studio and just to kind of blow out my voice and see if i could kind of get that register back yeah and uh they <laughs> I, I can't imagine how it sounded outside but is a like a dead chicken kind of sound <laughs> and uh so you know i i, I did come up with a pr you know a, a recording that i thought was decent although i wasn't confident like i was you know with the with the metallica stuff so you know i told him yeah i i really don't think I, i'm gonna be able to pull it off the way that i would want to so you know i just i'll just do the metallica and uh you know so i did am i evil and um Come to find out later when I actually hear the guy that the, that he got to do the uh, walk song, <laughs> I was like, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good time doing that. Uh, I remember, but I don't remember how I got to that subject. But <laughs> well, well, I was just introducing, you know, how you, was the bands that you played in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I was going somewhere with it and forgot where I was going, but that's going to happen a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's what we're all about. All right. So, uh, um, so Master Puppets, but before, <laughs> before we get to that, even, I, I have some questions I want to burn down a few of them just okay. to kind of like, sure. Uh, I want to, uh, I'm, I'm really, I want to, um, provoke a little bit. Shoot. All right. Here we go. All right. First of all, what are your, off the top of your head? What are your top five Metallica songs? Disposable Heroes, um, 
no off hesitation. the top of my off the top of my head, Disposable Heroes, and then probably followed by uh, Harvester of Sorrow, Freight uh, Ends of Sanity. I love a lot of stuff off the Justice album, even though that's not what we're doing here. But um, probably those three, and let's round it off with uh, uh, Damage Incorporated. And um, oh well, if I could throw. Orion in there somewhere that would be good, but uh, probably have to end with um, probably have to end with Master of Puppets. Okay. I mean, I guess that's a backward order because disposable is like all time. But awesome. So and did you? What was it? Freight ends. You said oh, was that in there? Freight ends of sanity. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, totally. I mean, just, they just go off on that song, and it's it's super hard to play. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Right on. Well, yeah, and I think that gives li- listeners kind of an idea like where you're coming from too, because I know the old stuff is. Yeah, I mean, if you asked, if I, if I were to be asked, you know, not to cut you off or anything, but no, go for it. If I were to be asked, you know, and we have talked about this hundreds of times, but <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Master of Uppets is obviously the. Um, it's got to be. It's going to be the the greatest album of all time to me. And I know people, a lot of people are going to disagree, but I don't care. <laughs> Great. Love it. Love it. So that's where everything else, that's what everything else gets that's measured. That's why you're doing this <laughs> podcast. Awesome. That's yeah. what everything else gets measured to in my mind. Absolutely. Right on. Okay. So then one of my other questions then is, then why not justice? Um, Just because of the sound quality, I think. Okay. Um, you know, obviously having the bass taken out is a big deal to me. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love yeah, all the bass player. I so. love that album and I love all those songs, but at the end of the day, Cliff Burton's not playing them and you can't hear the bass. Mm. I mean, I love Jason as well, but you know, he's not Cliff Burton. That's a good take. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's funny, man. Cause like, um, so I listened to ride been listening actually to quite a bit of metallica lately over the last year i guess and and mostly the older stuff Mm -hmm. and um and trying to you know play more of it too um on the drums and stuff but it's interesting so like uh i just yesterday i listened to ride lightning and then into master and to see that progression and then i didn't quite get to uh injustice but recently i've listened to injustice a Mm -hmm. a few times and to me i think the progression is like I know there's the whole thing with the bass, of course, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, not really being there on Injustice. Um, but to me, it's like every album, they're, all three of those are amazing. Right? Oh, totally, totally. It's like, red, it's like uh, to me, I look at it like bronze, silver, and gold. Right. <laughs> you know, totally. They're great. And um, But th- to me, like, each each one is better than the one before it. And that's just like, that's just me, but like, but I do see, and I I tread lightly on on saying that between Justice and Master, mm-hmm. because Master is so great. But but I think in a way I don't know, and it's it's so weird, it's so bittersweet because you know Cliff wasn't there yeah. and all that. I don't I know. I mean, but sonically, obviously, there were so many improvements over the time frame between right. know, puppets and and Justice that you know the when you go back and listen, I mean, it's timeless. I mean, you can listen to puppets and it stands up still, but. You know, at the same time, you're not hearing the drums, you know, you know, uh, the the EQs on the drums aren't tweaked to where you can hear each tap, you know. and Exactly. And each, you know, little nuance. But uh, at that time, you know, with the, with, you know, what they had, I think 
it, it sounded amazing. I remember sounding. I remember the first time I heard it. It just sounded amazing. Cutting in here real quickly, I want to thank you for listening to the Metal Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Arnold. On each episode, I and one guest discuss one of our favorite metal albums. We get real nerdy in our chats as we analyze how these albums impacted us as fans and musicians. You can support the show by telling your friends, sharing episodes, leaving a review with a five-star rating on iTunes, and subscribing to or following the show. Any of these actions will greatly help the show reach new ears. We are on Instagram as The Metal Nerd Podcast, and you can also reach out to us at Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. Now back to nerding out. Well, let's talk about that because that was one of my other questions. <laughs> Where were you and like, um, and when, well, when did you hear it? First? I remember exactly the first time I heard I it. I figured you would. <laughs> um... <laughs> I was, it was, I lived in Moore, Oklahoma. Um, Moore? Moore, yeah. Okay. Uh, which recently got taken down by some pretty hefty um, tornadoes. But, mm. you know, I guess it's, that's the law of the land there. So you have to deal with that. Um, but uh, I was, I was knee deep in Motley Crue and, and <laughs> Def Leppard at the time, you know, um, and my brother Bob. Uh, he moved, or his dad lived here in California, so he would visit here. And uh, I think it was probably the summer of um, summer of '85, or no, summer eighty, summer of. I think it was no, it was '86. Yeah, it came out in '86. Summer well. summer of '86. Bob uh, went and visited his dad and came back, and he had brought with him Master of Puppets and Ride the Lightning, nice. which we'd never heard, but. Um, you know, the, I just remember the tone from that, just hearing the guitar tone and just being frightened. <laughs> <laughs> I was busy, you know, I was, I, I just like, oh shit, that's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I just remember having that, that feeling and, you know, just, I wanted to get away from it, get back to my uh, safe Def Leppard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get away from the devil and go back to Motley Crue. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, go you know, back to shot at the devil. Go back to, you know, um banging chicks and, you know, whatever right. they were doing, you Party. know, whatever I was reading about uh, their escapades and hip parader and circus magazines and whatnot, but um yeah, I I just remember the first time I heard it uh, feeling scared, you know. Um I I had similar feelings when i heard uh black sabbath mm-hmm. uh, the black sabbath album yeah um i can remember having my headphones on listening to that album in bed just kind of laying there and just kind of tri- tripping out on all the trippy stuff that they they did on that album and on a, on sabbath or master uh no going back to sabbath uh-huh. but i mean just kind of experiencing that whole fear it was like when i had the the headphones on at the end of uh at the end of um uh, Sabbath, Bale Sabbath, uh, you know how it kind of do do you know they do that whole thing, and then like you know the recording speeds up really fast, uh-huh. and I was just like, <gasps> <laughs> I kind of threw my headphones off because I thought I was being possessed or something. It was crazy. Yeah, that's cool, man. But uh, you know that that fear is kind of what drove me to you know, I mean, kind of you know. It, it it woke up those senses in my mind, I think, and that's kind of right around the time that I started playing. So, yeah, 
That's crazy, man. So so uh, so you said Bob had both records, right? Red Lightning and he had both records, and consequently, he also had a guitar, which <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Uh, uh, so I was forced to kind of wait for him to go away, and then I would sneak in his room and play his guitar. Oh, nice! And that's how I kind of formulated my love to play. You know, it was just basically, don't you have something to do? <laughs> you know, and when he would leave, I would just kind of go in there and play away and maybe play br- to the album to those albums or just play to the play to those albums yeah i mean l- that was a probably a little bit later on yeah because i was still f- afraid of them at that point <laughs> 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 uh but uh yeah just uh, fond memories of sneaking in his room and playing his guitar and then breaking a string and just kind of <whistles> walking off and he'd come in and say you know, kick my ass or something. Don't be breaking my, don't be playing my guitar. You're not allowed to go in my room, blah, 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 you know. Uh, but it's really fun for me to remember up at that time. Yeah. You know, it's great, great times. So, okay, so did you listen to Ride or Master first? Do you remember that? Um, I remember Master first. Okay. Although I remember being more afraid of uh, Ride. Interesting. Yeah, you know the riff on um, "For Whom the Bell Tolls." You know the that was just so evil to me, man. And I was just like, "Fuck, so badass." But you know, at first, you know, I wasn't that. I was, I was more, more scared of it. Yeah, that's crazy. So, like, so when you say you you were scared, did you kind of stay away from it for a while, like not listen to it? No. No. Okay. Well, I mean, I was kind of forced to listen to it a little bit just mm. because of you know Bob was proximity to rolling. Bob. It was rolling in his room yeah. nonstop, so uh-huh. you know it, it kind of kind of spoke to me that way through the door. <laughs> so it was Bob's fault. It's Bob's. Everything's Bob's fault. Definitely. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Okay. Then um, my other question before we dive into like the yes. the facts. Yes. Some of the facts. Is uh. This is just a fun one for the listeners and for me. Uh, what would be your top three or five? Let's start with three and see if you, how quick this goes. But um, top three thrash albums. Um, and if you want, you can push it to five. If you, okay, if you yeah. Uh, I'll start with Puppets, obviously. Um, second would be, I'd have to go with Rest in Peace. Okay. Or Rust in Peace. Idiot. Douche. <laughs> um, but after that, I would probably go. Um, let's see. I may forget something, so you know, if it comes up later, I'll just send you a note. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, but um, I, I really love uh, um, Arise. And oh, yeah, um, yeah. Beneath the Remains from Sepultura. So those would be my top four, probably. And I'm going to end it on... Um, <laughs> this is going to sound silly. But I'm going to end it with um, uh, Prototype's album, Trinity. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. That's like one of my favorite all-time albums. Uh, it's probably a, a, cl- a close tie with... Um, uh, Doomsday from Flotsam, you know. And all of that above Justice. Oh, 
Yeah, well. Well, we'd have. To, it seems like we'd have to round, like, do a ten here for yeah, Bill. See, Bill's got some. Like, uh, this is a thrash guy. These are just the things that are popping into my head, but yeah, yeah. I'd probably have to throw Justice in there somewhere too. Yeah, <laughs> six. <laughs> Six, no. seven, Slayer. Eight. We didn't even get to Slayer. Oh my gosh! I know it's crazy. It's all good. Okay, well we're throwing in um, throwing Rain and Blood board. and uh, South of Heaven and um, Seasons in the Abyss. All right, so we'll do ten. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. We'll we'll leave that there. Awesome. Yeah, those are. I, good. I feel good with that. Those choices. Yeah, those are good. Really good. Right on. Um, okay, so all right, Master Puppets is the third studio album of American heavy metal band Metallica. It was released on March third, nineteen eighty six, and so Bill was saying he he uh, was exposed to it in the summer, so just a few months after that, mm-hmm. by Electra Records. Oh, um, actually, yeah, okay, that's right, because yeah, they signed yep. to Electra after um, Ride the Lightning was released. Yeah, and they then they came back and re-released it under. They re-released Electric, it because yeah. they uh, released it on Megaforce at first. Yeah, and then they came back and re-released it under Electra, and then also brought uh, uh, Kill 'Em All in uh, under Electra as well. Mm. Okay, cool. And it was recorded at Sweet Silence Studios with producer Fleming Rasmussen. Yeah, which was in um, d- uh, Denmark. Yep. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Did you um last album to feature Cliff Burton? Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Sorry. Uh, had you heard? Did you um. Like, have you have you read anything from Fleming Rasmussen? Yeah. So um, I heard a podcast with him on it, and I don't know which one. There's there's a couple different Metallica podcasts that I listen to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't remember which one it was. And I was trying to, on the way over here, I was actually thinking about it. But um, that was really, that's probably the most I've heard from the horse's mouth. But Yeah, I, I read an article and he like released some like photos and things like that from the studio. And it was, it was an amazing article. Um, it, to me, it just, just hearing from those people that were there when, yeah. that, when that was being done. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, you know history for me <laughs> it is you know when people are you know interest intrigued in history i'm intrigued in the history of these albums and the time period totally you know, and you know people that were involved i'm super just kind of my ear is open to them <laughs> absolutely um but he uh he released some photos and some um the thing that i thought was one of the most interesting parts was he released like uh some of the um like they had written down the uh the knob settings for maybe james's amp or or uh eq settings for the bass or the drums or something like that and yeah he had kind of you know released that as you know and i just thought that was awesome to see you know to see you know things that they had done in the studio while recording puppets or justice and i mean not puppets or justice but puppets and ride the lightning but yeah um gosh i would just <laughs> that's where i get starstruck i'm for you know yeah i just the guy was there yeah you know there he was there i i think they had asked him did you realize what you were working on at the time and could you tell how big it was going to be and all that stuff? And he said, I, I believe he said, no, I I just thought it was another, you know, kind of job. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, 
I just going back and and hearing things from that era is just like really interesting to me. <laughs> I think like what I kind of remember, and I could be wrong about this, but this kind of what I remember him saying was he he really did think he he knew there was something about them. They they were you know it was like different, and th- there was like um I think like a vision there, mm-hmm. like he he. Um, cause so it was like there was him, and then I also heard one of the guys that mixed. But I'm pretty sure it was Fleming that said that, um, like they knew what they wanted. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. really knew, and so he didn't really get in the way of that a lot. But he did have to like there was some work to do on Lars. Yeah. Like I mean, and, <laughs> and and that started in Ride the Lightning. Yeah. You know, but I think like um on each album they kind of were like he was the guy they kind of had to really work with mm. more and even he had like a um i don't know if it was him or or one of his like studio people that worked at the studio was like a drum coach and so he kind of like even taught like lar some th- drum theory like right. you know just certain things that right. if, you know that who's that guy that was the drum teacher over what was it um, oh west coast drums west coast here? drums yeah yeah that's right joe okay his name was joe <laughs> and um yeah, so West Coast Drums uh, was because it's no uh, longer it, it's no longer open, but it was a uh, drum shop in Costa Mesa, and um, when, well, when I first went there, it was off of uh, on Bristol, like right near South Coast Plaza. Yeah, like close to Bristol in the four hundred five. For those of you who might know where that is, and then um, it eventually moved to on to Harbor Harbor Boulevard and like Harbor and like. Like in between the four or five, closer to the four or five, like close to where the observatory is. Yeah, but little little ways I down the street. I think that's probably where I saw it. Yeah. So and that and then it and then it closed down there. So um, I guess I guess he had helped Lars. With so he taught Lars. Okay. Yeah, he taught he did. Lars took lessons from him like early on, like maybe probably pre Kilimaw, because that's when Lars was it lived in Orange County. He was like in Corona del Mar, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, because I think he went to Corona Del Mar High School, and okay. so yeah, so he lived in the area, and I think Metallica was already a band, but like they were still, you know, starting. I think, and he took yeah. drum lessons from him. Yeah, crazy. I I remember going to uh, the West Coast Drums and seeing the, the like the platinum album, you know, yeah. there or whatever, whatever, you know. Did he have it up? Yeah, I never saw it, but I remember talking to Joe. Yeah. And he was saying that, like, you know, Lars was such a sweet guy because he remembered everybody. And that when, I think it was Justice, actually. Yeah. That went gold or platinum. Mm -hmm. And he brought him a gold or platinum album. That's awesome, man. Yeah, Lars Lars has always been, (laughs) I mean, he gets a bad rap, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, you know, maybe for good reason. but (laughs) But, I mean, he was super, very super nice when we met him. And... I don't have a bad thing to say about that. <laughs> right. It was... Uh, well, yeah, tell me that story again. Oh. <laughs> um, when we were doing the Creeping Death um, band, uh, right around the time that James went into rehab, uh, we were doing... So, like, 03-ish, maybe? Uh, maybe yeah. earlier, 01? Ac- no, 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 no. It was... Uh, oddly enough, it or was 2000, like... Maybe? Oddly enough, it was like five to seven days before, two, before 9-11. Okay. So it was 2001. Okay. Okay. There you go. Uh, So, you know, obviously that, you know, was a high point and then a major low point. So it was really wild to have that so close together. But Hmm. that's, that's, 
I gauged the oh, yeah. 2001 by that. <laughs> sure, of course. Um, but I mean, uh, so what happened really was uh, we had done we were do we had done the show. Uh, it was for um, a group called Metalabash, and well, I mean, it was like their fan club, basically mm -hmm. the Metallic fan club had gotten together and I don't know something about like you know somebody had asked Lars when they would have a Metallica convention and he said I don't know when we get some dolls or something I don't know <laughs> action figures and so when McFarlane came out with the you know the Justice era action figures then that was open season for the fan club to start a convention and at the time we had you know we were man talk about nerds <sighs> we are <laughs> um but uh you know we we did we came out and we did this show in san francisco um you know in support of the metalla metallica convention uh called metallabash and uh you know we had uh, we'd kind of heard you know obviously being in their backyard and everything that's possible they could stop in and you know i'm thinking yeah right why would they bother <laughs> right right um but you know also just besides us playing i mean there's you know that's it's a convention in their honor why wouldn't they show you know if they're just hanging out and not you know and not uh, you know having much to do or whatever i mean i doubt that ever happens but <laughs> right right uh so you know we're 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 jamming along going through the set like normal i think we probably had a 2 hour set wow um yeah it was it was it was a heavy duty one um and at the time i was still playing the explorer bass okay um and um you know we're and singing I and mean, just for the, and, so you know doing doing the whole james uh get up but you know playing bass um and then we right. and then the other guy uh brian would play guitar and we've we soon after switched he did you have a rickenbacker guitar <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense but no he uh he would I think it would probably roll with uh, a Les Paul or uh, an Ibanez or something like that. I think he had an Explorer that he played here, f you know, frequently, uh, very infrequently or whatever. But um, so, you know, back to that, you know, show where we're, you know, we're rolling pretty hard. I, I believe we were playing one. And I look over and I see Kate, Lars and Kirk right there in the front row, and I'm like, "Holy shit! <laughs> what the fuck?" In the front row. In the front, yeah, they were oh, there in the mind, front. Yeah. What a mind fuck, huh? Yeah, and Jesus. and so I'm just like trying to roll through this song. My hands are all cramping up and just, <laughs> uh, you know, sweaty as hell. And uh, you were know. you? Did you push a little harder once you noticed they were there? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you. I don't know about harder, but you're, I mean, you're definitely re-energized. Yeah. Um, so I guess in that respect, yeah, probably, you know. Yeah. Um, and you're trying not to screw up too bad. And, um, you know, they seem to be enjoying it. And, you know, as al along with all the other, you know, Metalli Metallica fan club members and everything. I mean, obviously, the focus is off of us at this point. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, so how many people were there? Uh, Rough, roughly, I'm gonna yeah. say probably a hundred. Okay. Um, but they did come from all over. I mean, there were people from Europe and you know different countries. You know that had flown in for this thing. That's awesome. 
and you know a lot of people from back east which i'm still friends with today um although i probably didn't talk to him in a while but <laughs> uh but you know so going back to that you know i, I the thing the thing that i remember most is i was you know trying to f- you know fumble my way through this song and not try to screw up too bad and just realizing i need to get them up here <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, so in full James Hetfield fashion, I'm like, hey, motherfuckers, get your fucking asses up here. You're right. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, you know, so everybody's just like, you know. Like after the song? Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. And, yeah. And, you know, they, they ended up getting up there and I, we jam like uh, probably eight to nine songs. Oh, really? That many? Well, that many because we couldn't get through a full song. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. They, you know, they were they they were probably out of way out of practice, you yeah, know, yeah. because of the whole oh, yeah, you know, break that they were taking yeah. and James being in rehab and all that stuff, and Jason had just left. Right. Um, that's right. Yeah. And so. Uh, yeah. So they were the band at that point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, it, but afterwards, uh, you know, going back to the re- the original reason that I brought it up is. Uh, you know, cl- Lars was the coolest dude ever. Yeah. You know, he yeah, was, yeah. he was like asking us about how we were doing and, you know, after the show and everything, you know, we went, he was hanging out with us backstage and we had, uh, he probably, we, he probably hung out for a couple hours. Right. Just kind of shooting the shit, you know, and telling us, you know, funny stories and, you know, he was being self-deprecating about his hair and stuff. And it was really just, the guy was just very cool. Yep. You know, and it was, I think it was probably at a height of time where people didn't like Lars because of the whole Napster thing. Mm. And That's uh, right. That was right around then. Huh? Yeah, it was It was shortly after, I mm-hmm. think, something like that. But, um, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I just remember talking to him thinking he's probably going to, you know, ask if we make any money and... <laughs> I don't know what to what to tell him. <laughs> is he gonna freak out on me? Is he gonna ask for money <laughs> yeah. from you? <laughs> yeah, where's my cup? Is Lars gonna ask me for money <laughs> right now? Is this gonna happen? <laughs> is he gonna hit me up right now? I know. <laughs> no, but I he said yeah he did actually ask <laughs> us about money and he said you know you guys making some money or uh, and I was just like uh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, uh, hopefully it's you know decent. Hopefully you're making some decent money. You guys do it pretty good and all that stuff. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I just you know you don't you know, know what, what to say. you don't know what to say at that That's point. Hilarious. You know you don't know what they're thinking or whatever. But you know it's all in all, it goes back to. It seems like he was him. probably pulling for you guys. Yeah. No. Yeah. He he was like I said he was he was the coolest guy. He didn't you know he wasn't a dick at all. He's like, I'll be taking ten uh, percent from <laughs> here on out. <laughs> Which I would say, if you want to help us, y'all, we'll give you everything. You know, we'll give you hundred percent. You know, take yeah. us on tour like you did that other band. <laughs> did they take a tribute band? Uh, yeah, it was um, oh, what the hell was the name? Battery, and it was when they were releasing uh, when they released oh, uh, uh, Garage, Garage Days, Inc. Garage Inc. Yes, yeah. Garage Inc. But was that just like I remember they did the one show like in Roseland? I at, think they did York. more than one. They did more. Okay. Yeah, All right. I think they did a handful of shows. Okay, and basically and Metallica they had them open up, so the people got the Metallica right. Songs those they're playing all the covers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I mean, it's a cool idea. It's cool. Very cool. Super idea. cool. Um, so I mean, as far as 
And that, but that was probably before. Oh yeah, that was yeah. like in the late nineties, I think. Yeah, Garage Inc. Like ninety eight or something yeah. like that. Yeah, after the loads. Yeah, yeah. And you know that was. Um, so I got all this stuff, man. I got it. I got it down. <laughs> Date Joe's got all the dates and everything like in, embedded in his brain. Not entirely, and I, <laughs> I get a, I get a little foggy, but I'm usually about a, like one year off either in either direction. Like I might have one detail about something embedded in my brain about like every little thing that we talk about, but you know Joe's got the whole encyclopedia rolling <laughs> <laughs> with certain bands, probably kind of, kind of. <laughs> I've I've known some Quick, what's Lars's middle name? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> Neither um, do I. Ezra. Do I. <laughs> Chester. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I, I want it to be something that like rolls off the tongue, you know. Yeah. Like Lars Svidan Alrich or <laughs> Alric or whatever. Yeah. Uh, his dad was so funny. Oh my goodness. He reminds like me. Like was? Did you meet him? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I mean, from the from oh, seeing the him on the oh some kind God, of monster, dude. it was so funny. Oh, so funny. Um, and and also I think he was on. Um, Delete that. Wasn't he on? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't he on? Um, uh, uh, a year and a half of the life. A little bit. I don't remember him on Just that. Just a little bit. I, I, I know I, I James' rem- dad is. Yeah, yeah. I, I rem- don't. I don't remember. I remember seeing that. his dad before. I think it was on, at some point on year and a half of life. Could be something. I feel else. like I would have remembered that Gandalf the Greybeard. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. amazing, man. Yeah, he he reminds me of this guy that uh, uh, his name was Ulf. Ulf. Yeah, and he was like he would he was building. Remember that guy Richard Tony? Yeah. Uh, he would he was building Richard Tony's motorcycle, and he was from Sweden. Oh. His name was Ulf. Nice. And he would always be like, "I'm thinking of some stuff." <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> thinking of some stuff. All right. What kind of stuff? <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I'm just thinking about some stuff. Uh, all right. Cool, man. Wow. <laughs> How's my bike coming along? Yeah. <laughs> no, but So, yeah. L- what was Lars Dad's name again? I always forget his name. Was it Yuli? Great, or great name. I don't know. I don't yeah. remember. It's one yeah, of those. I forget. I, it's probably one of those, you know, Swedish name it is it's great i just can't think of what it is but it'll come back to me yeah at some point but anyway so no so um what so about you guys did the metalabash and lars is cool um all right so just like we're um i'm so, okay i got i got a couple more things just to go through on the on the facts um so it was recorded september 1st to december 27th which is interesting they went like right through christmas that's freaking balls out right there man right around is that it, right around 1985 okay when they recorded it because yeah. obviously that's right before the new year and that's kind of interesting okay it was released march 3rd so just just a few months a couple months after um they had finished tracking it but but that's actually just september to december that's because it's september 1st that's four months that's um that's for back in those days that's a long time man yeah um it but it seems like a lot longer though doesn't it I mean, in retrospect, I mean, uh, you know, um, only because I can remember that time period and when he died. Right. Um, I do remember, you know, that it it was still super fresh, you know, and it was, um, you know, a lot of a whole lot of people still didn't know who Metallica was and didn't like Metallica, you know, if they did know. 
but I think um, when when did they start the 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 tour with Ozzy? Do you do you happen to know? I that? mean, I don't. You know, it's probably in here. It's pr- um, let's see here touring. Boom. But Wiki- I just Wikipedia I just remember I just remember that that time frame just being. Oh, here you go. Obviously, being a kid, things seem a lot longer, but, you know, it just seemed like a lot longer than, you know, a couple of months. Well, but that <laughs> was just recording. Well, no, I mean, but, like, from from the release uh-huh. until his death, you know, that period in between, well, you know, was fairly short. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because, okay. Well, and were they on tour before the album was released is, I guess, what I was kind of wondering. Um, I don't quite remember. Okay, touring. Metallica opted for extensive touring instead of a releasing a single or video to promote the album. Metallica spent March to August 1986. So they re- released the album in March, and you know March 3rd. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I said. And uh, they got right on the road March to August with Ozzy as opening act for Ozzy. So, Jesus, man, that's that's a lot. Like, March to August, dude. So we're at, what, three through eight. So that's like, that's six, six months. months. You know, if you go through the end of the month, that's six months of touring with Ozzy. That's a long fucking tour. <laughs> and that says all in the United States. I, yeah. Dude, I don't. That's nuts, man. Like, I know I, I've seen like. um. I, I can't remember. I think Maiden around the same time did like tours. Like, that's an insanely long tour for like a new one leg. You know, maybe they, they maybe they I took mean, breaks but they, but they, in between. But they. But six but they months. W- they were crazy anyway. Though. I know. They were touring. Way before that, you know, all over the place. But usually they would do like these days. It seems like you would maybe do like a long tour would be like two months, mm-hmm. and then you like go somewhere else, or you take a short break, maybe a week or two, mm-hmm. and then you go to Europe, or you know. But like six months in the states, Jeez, yeah. Maybe maybe it's they crazy. had some breaks in there. I can't imagine that was just straight through. Straight through, yeah. Because like, how would you? That's insane. But it said um, the first tour Metallica played to arena-sized audiences. And um, I'm trying to look at see what what other touring they did after that. Well, because it must have been the, the they Europe, obviously right? had to. Yeah, they went to Europe and then and that's when Cliff died. Yeah. So and then they had to break. Then what a fucking year, man. Yeah. Um, it says Hetfield broke his wrist in a mid-tour skateboarding accident, and his uh, technician John Marshall, who, who was in Overkill, I think he was in Metal Church. Metal Church, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he played rhythm guitar on several dates. The European leg of Damaging Tour commenced in September with Anthrax. So, so okay, yeah, so they go through August, or sometime in August they end with Ozzy, and then they go to Europe in September with Anthrax as a supporting band. And then, uh, yeah, September 26th, they were in, um, after the performance on September 26th in Stockholm, the band's bus rolled over. On a stretch of icy road the following morning, Burton was thrown through a window and killed instantly. So September 26th. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty nuts, man. March 3rd, they released the album. What is that, nine months later? Not even six months? Yeah, six months later. Yeah, he, he's insane. Dead. And then I think... It seems like there was so much more footage that, you know... Yeah, six it months. It just seems like more than six months. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> But the four months, I think, is interesting, too, because, um, I don't know, I get, you know, because we're musicians and stuff, I'm always interested in how long. And I think um, for that time, I think that was a long time, but it's like the type of thing where you hear it on the album. You know, Definitely. you hear the investment oh, sure. I of mean, time. And also just the the 
craftsmanship of mm-hmm. the of the tunes is just you know otherworldly to me it's like the interweaving of riff and you know this you know just the the direction of each song is just it's like like i said you know it's what everything else is judged by (laughs) yeah man it's like um it's in here somewhere but this this uh album is in like the library of congress or something like that have you heard of that like some sort of like yeah for the u.s as like a uh like a piece of art i I don't know if it's it might be i don't know if it's specifically music or art that like changed the culture yeah wow like yeah it's a big deal yeah so to have that sort of like nod from you know the freaking government you know i mean it'd probably be in here that's hard that's hard for me to believe but (laughs) i mean i not that i don't believe you but it's just at that time there was no notoriety at all for them other than just kind of you know you had to seek out information on them and yeah, I think well, this came this came much then. later. Like th- yeah. this didn't happen the whole sure, Library sure. of Congress thing till probably recently. But um, to get that recognition is mm-hmm. is crazy because because like I was saying, you know, they they had no airplay. You know, nobody you know pushed them. You know, it was yeah. it was all fans at that time. You know, it was all <laughs> you know everybody was just you know kind of looking for Metallica at that time especially me being from Oklahoma you know that there's no you know uh, there's nothing going on out there at that time (laughs) you know so you were forced to kind of find things right and you know uh, at that time that's that's really probably the only push that they were getting is just word of mouth you know or yeah whatever I mean as far as you know touring with the, like the, the overall you know global spectrum is concerned you know i'm sure they got a little you know a little help for here and there by you know underground things and you know i don't know yeah just a guess <laughs> well i mean it said right here you know they forewent if that's a word yeah. um they forewent uh, uh putting out a single in order to just do like extended extensive touring and i think that was always kind of the um the sort of ethos or, or ethos of the of the band but then and and you know that that was the thing obviously that changed with like the black album they put out sing but they still did it i mean that was the most touring i think they ever did actually was on the black album yeah they toured forever on that album yeah <laughs> yeah and, and okay so Four or five another years question or something like that they were touring on that yeah, well it so like they um let's see they released that in 91 like i think that was august also and then they I think they got right they they were toured right away and um it was more like i think they were still doing maybe some dates in 94 but i, I think it was more like three years it's and then um, yeah it's like it's crazy but i think they had had you know slowed it down quite a bit i don't, I, I don't know i'd have to look at like the wikipedia on that but i remember it being somewhere between like two and a half and three years which mm. is you know pretty insane Maybe it goes beyond three years. I'm not sure, but it, it's insane. But it yeah, also I was like I can't remember exactly, but I do remember seeing them like three times on that tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I, know, I with, the whole, you, with the whole with the whole Guns and Roses yeah. and everything. When was the first time you saw them? It was on the Black Album, actually. Was it? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, I 
my mom wouldn't let me go see him, you know, before that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I saw him like three or four times on the Black Album, and I may have seen them. But she let you go see Sepultura? Because I remember well, that story. That that was the summer that I had gone to live with my dad. So oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of got go. out from under that um, and, and saw Sepultura on the Arise tour, and that was freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because to me, at that time, you know, um, Metallica, uh, Metallica had kind of lost a little bit of flair for me. And I was... What year was that? Oh... Uh, well, it had what was the year that Metallica lost a little oh, bit of flair for Bill? Um, <laughs> I, it was the year that the Black Album came out, okay. I imagine. Okay. Um, so, so 91, 92, I would say, probably. Um, and, uh, you know, Sepultura came in at that time, right at that time where I was just, like, kind of maybe getting a little bit over what Metallica was doing, and I kind of saw them as the new Metallica. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because they had that vibe. I don't right. know what it was, but it, they had that vibe of just... This is the next thing. The and next it was level. just, we don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're the next thing, and fuck you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> kind, of, kind of, that's just how I saw it. And So we kind of went through it. We did, um, went deeper into the facts. The touring stuff was interesting. Um... Obviously, Jason, uh, when Cliff died, then Jason uh, took over. And I think it was still in 1986, right? Uh, yeah. And he f- they finished up some tour dates and stuff like that. So yeah. don't want to go too much into that because we want to get into this album, which we haven't even gotten. So we're going to get into um, song one. So Battery, mm-hmm. tell me tell me your thoughts. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderfully complex tune, obviously. Um, you know, down from... Uh, you know, soon after the the intro, you know, obviously, th- obviously that what the intro it in itself is, you know, it, it's got some great melody in it, and you know, just it, it just hamps you up, you know, for what's to come, obviously, and um, all the way through that song, I mean, it, you know, having it, it's just a fucking bloodbath, <laughs> you totally. know, just just from start to finish, and um, you know, leading it into you know the next one, but. Um, it, it, it has that same feel, I think, uh, as, as Blacken does to mm-hmm. where it's, you know, it's just balls to the wall, right? <laughs> you know, uh, it doesn't start out balls to the wall, but once they get into it, you just fucking holy shit. Right. I um, love that intro though. Oh too. yeah. It's great. It's great. Right. Um, the, the riff, uh, that's the way to start a metal album. I mean, there's lots yeah. of ways to. But I just, I love that, that whole, like, epic kind of build up, you know? Just the whole album, just fucking, (laughs) it's like home. Yeah. (laughs) It's a Uh, bit of a masterpiece. Yeah. Or or like a blueprint. It's definitely like a blueprint, I think, for for metal records, you know? This, uh, like I said, it's what everything else gets measured by in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, But the actual riff um, that they're playing in, like, say, the verse and whatnot, it's <laughs> yeah it, it's it's fucking crazy yeah. um just just trying to sing what james is singing and and to play that riff is you know a lot of people would ask me you know or or just comment about me being able to play and sing you know that stuff and it's like you know i kind of been working toward it my whole life really right since since you know starting to play and whatever 
but uh you know I'd oh yeah by the way in upper the band i played in with bill he he sang and played bass at the same time so yeah yeah, yeah. so switching over to guitar um in creeping death and and having to play that stuff uh it was a huge co- uh challenge and i don't ever really feel like i got to the point where it was like you know <laughs> you didn't master it i did not <laughs> definitely i it, i did a lot of hiding behind james <laughs> oh james is the other they're they're the uh, creeping player, yeah. death's other guitar player yeah uh and not yeah, james hatfield no no although um, maybe you did some of that too i probably i did <laughs> i did do a quite a bit of hiding behind james hatfield that's true <laughs> um but uh the the riff that he's doing and when he's when he's singing it's just it's completely out of his mind you know yeah. um how he's able to to roll through um you know the you know Dude, that that's a crazy thing. riff, dude. It's a it's an insane riff, and to be able to play it is it's one thing. Yeah. There's always like that pedal note. There's one pedal note that in there that sometimes gets mi- and it completely changes the whole oh gosh picture. Yeah, yeah, and just the timing of hi- of where he sings as in in reference to what you're playing. And you know where the riff is, and yeah, it's it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, right. Totally. You know, from the, from the very start, you're just ki- your ass is kicked. Yeah. You people that are listening that don't know what it sounds like, go ahead, go and find it and take a listen. It's the best there is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's the best there is. <laughs> that's as that's as good as it gets right there. So if you have something, if better, you were wondering what the best there is is <laughs> now you know there you go <laughs> now you all you have to do is go and listen although matt was on here recently he said oh. he said that mastodon is the best there is oh so really just the band oh. is the best well there i is. mean uh, you know i don't know about now it's subjective right i don't about now but <laughs> in 1986 that was the fucking shit yeah <laughs> i think it it's still and the it, sh- fucking it shit st- it still is the shit yeah yeah but um, but I have to disagree with Matt. There you go. That's what it's all about. <laughs> um, even though he'll, you could probably just like pound me, but pound you? Well, for disagreeing? No, I mean he's just huge. That's all I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a big bear. <laughs> uh, yeah, he probably would fight to defend um to defend Mastodon. I well, can see that happening. Mastodon rules then. Yeah, that's a band <laughs> he really, really likes. Um, so, battery. Um, in playing drums to it, like, um, it's interesting because it's like, battery's insane. But then, like, I mean, I'm I'm jumping way ahead here. Um, I probably shouldn't, but I'm just comparing them. Damage is um f- a lot faster. Well, I don't know a lot, but it's definitely faster. So it's like, it's kind of interesting, man. Like just um, you know, like it's almost like battery in a way if you were to play them together, it would be like the warm up, and then you play, you know, damage is even a faster BPM. So anyway, there was <laughs> one thing I wanted to point out for listeners, if they have not about battery, go online, go to YouTube and check out, um, I think it was on YouTube, um, uh, Machine Head Covered. 
Yeah. And they did like a video where they were like, like it's them working out, like rehearsing the song and working it out. And they were having a lot of trouble with it. I bet. The drummer was like, it's that whole thing that Metallica does all the time Mm -hmm. where you sometimes you don't know where the drum beat is or Mm -hmm. where the accent is. Yeah. And so it's like, is it on the down or the up? Where it says, and as far as the snare drum and the kick drum go, right? And so, like, they were having trouble with it. It's funny because you, you can listen to it and it's not like you can't hear, but for whatever reason, I mean, this is just me. Maybe it's just because I have a shitty brain, but, <laughs> you know, I'll listen to it and have it in my mind. Okay, that's what he's doing. And then when I pick up, you know, drum, guitar, whatever, well, how was it again? Exactly. You, know? <laughs> you just, it, it's a, it's an odd thing that they do it, well, it sometimes. I think the riffs, so like this is the case with Black End, uh, this song, Damaging, um, you know, Fight Fire with Fire, like, any of the really fast tempo songs and the riffs are coming at you so fast and there's so much going on with it mm-hmm. that sometimes you don't know exactly where it starts. And th- and then if the drum beat, if you're hearing it where you think the, the snare is on the one, but the snare is actually on the two, mm-hmm. you know, and the kick drums on the one, yeah. then you flip the riff around in your head. And, and it's like, obviously that happens a lot with music. You know, you hear like, you know, just if you're kind of disoriented ab- about where the riff starts, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. But when it's coming at you that fast, you know, it's just easily, it's easy to get those accents and, you know, so it's like. Like that piece in Blackened. Exactly. At the end where it's like. Oh, yeah. You know, the cha 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 Yeah. And, and he. <laughs> well, I had the, that riff the, wrong for 20 years <laughs> in my head. I always thought, you know, and that's the classic example. Where you, th- you think it's da 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 And it's da 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 So it's yeah. da, the pedal. The, the muted, the palm muted pedal mm-hmm. is the one, mm-hmm. and the dan, which but is more accented. But they switch it over after and, the solo. And later on, that's, that's they just switch so, it. So, they so, fuck with you. That's so wild to try to play. Yeah, it's totally crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so good times. Um, they're like, hey, because they probably heard it too, and mm-hmm. I'm sure like they were or probably having Or it just happened on accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But they obviously at some point they w- they went oh, with yeah. it. You know, yeah. they're like, "Well, hey, let's let's do this." I know I would love to be the the, the fly I mean, on the wall, the fly on the wall when that shit was going on. But that's what's cool about the Machine Head video because you can kind of be the fly on the wall and actually see them learning the Metallica song. And I'm sure Metallica had to learn the Metallica song because James, when you're a riff writer, you have to like uh, translate that to the band. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're like, no, no, no. It's like you know, we've all been in those situations yeah. and like, oh, you're missing you know, that little. Jig- there yeah exactly and you know um especially with the drum beat and the whole the whole deal so um sorry to and and i'm I'm, i've totally like derailed you here at this point but but i I, but while i'm thinking about it you know i think i think it's so much credit needs to be given to like the tightness of this album like like um and actually the same is true with ride the lightning i was listening Mm -hmm. to that too and it's like the um the guitar playing is insane like because and and here's for people who aren't musicians or haven't or who haven't recorded an album to understand like in 1986 and what 84 when those albums Mm -hmm. came out you know how they recorded you know they obviously didn't have the um capabilities we do today or or if you were to do things that we could do it it was a lot more labor intensive to pull off you know like like literally cutting tape you know like actual two inch tape yeah reel to reel tape right mm-hmm. and uh and i'm sure that some of that was done you know um but but man like the uh the guitars are flawless the rhythm guitars are 
like literally from from start of the album to end on both those records and obviously on justice are completely flawless i mean you can't say that's true for kill em all and kill em all there is a little more raw and dirty yeah and i love that i actually yeah, think sure. that's there's a it charm fits to with that. that that time frame and what they were doing absolutely and, yeah but these albums and, and not only are they playing the riffs are getting more challenging you know but they're just so clean yeah and then the drumming dude like i, I gotta say before i forget because i don't want to forget this point but but Lars, like, you know, obviously Lars gets a lot of shit as a drummer. But if you're to just listen to Master Puppets, you don't ever think that guy sucks. No. Like, not once. No, his, no, no, not at all. And not only is his drumming and his the, the ideas are great, but, like, his the timing. the, the it, And, I mean, when I – that that takes me back to when we were talking about the, the, treat, the teacher with the Justice, you know, album, you know, the, the Platinum album or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you're Joe, just yeah. thinking – he helped Lars, <laughs> you know, it, it just boggles your mind that mm-hmm. someone could be that big, you know, and have the greatest album of all time and then go get lessons from this guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so, that, I mean, that's something that I trip out on, but whatever. No, I know. Right. But, but I mean, you know, I think, I think, um, as you and I, in our journey as as musicians, I, I I totally see that. I could see how like guys who, you know, from a fan's perspective, at a seemingly successful point in their career, like like say Kirk Hammett mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. Justice getting lessons from um, was it Satriani? Yeah, I think so. You know, you, when I was a kid, I was like, "That's crazy!" Like he's already so good, you know. But now it totally makes sense, sure. you know. And you you could see how every um, path along the road like you're always open to learning something new and getting Mm -hmm. better you know yeah so um so it it actually as i get older it it all makes more and more sense you know definitely but um i think uh i think that obviously um i kind of wish they'd go back to this method but and you know maybe they did on the last one i'm not sure but uh, I think James played all of the rhythms on all of those albums. So yes, that's true, and that that kind of helps because you know totally having the same technique roll at each line, each guitar line, you know, is going to make it soup. You know that that's what makes it so clean. I believe is that he's so precise with his playing that you know even having you know stereo tracks and everything, mm-hmm. all of them being him, that just make it's going to make it cleaner. You know. I feel like, and uh, you know, I think, like I said, I l- I wish they would go back to that that um, process, the way they used to do it. But uh, I, I'm not sure if they did that on the last album or not. I think that's a good question. I I would think um, I'm not really sure, but like if they're doing Thrasher stuff, I would hope so. You know, mm-hmm. but I agree. And um, and you know, for for listeners who aren't aware of this, like so obviously when you record an album like um especially a metal album of this you know intensity um you're gonna at least have two guitar tracks uh rhythm guitars so you have one like bill was saying you have one in the right and one in the left usually um and so um so you know in live well live it would for that band would be the same thing you know but anyway uh live it can be a different animal especially if you're one guitar band right sure like pantera or something mm-hmm. like that but mm-hmm. um uh, so you've got the the left and right, and so what? Yeah, as far as we know, up until I believe through even the Black album, James I believe so recorded all of the uh, rhythm guitars. Yeah, 
you know, and then Kirk would just do like like solos and and maybe some lead, you know, embellishment mm -hmm. kind of things. Mm -hmm. But but James did, and you're right. Like that, you know, I thought about that too on the way up. I was like, there's just a continuity and a tightness that you get because it's the same guy. And and James is like just the the he's the master of <laughs> he's of, the epitome uh, of rhythm. Yeah, right. I mean, he's just like he's the guy. I think um, he's just like I think he's that guy where. Anybody playing metal after, you know, 1986, pretty much, you, you kind of like he's the teacher, you know, and of, of rhythm. And you know that he, I mean, uh, from what I've read anyway, and just how I feel about it is, you know, he's super precise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, he doesn't or, y you know, every note has to be exact. <laughs> right, right, you right. Know. And I mean, kudos. I don't know if I could pull that off myself, but. <laughs> I'm just not that kind of player, you know. I'm more of I, I just I feel it more than I than I am a technical player. I think, right. But you know, I remember Jason kind of you know saying that when he came in. You know, he's like everything's got to be exact. <laughs> Jason uh, Newstead. Oh, okay. When he you know when he first joined, he just that was one of the things he commented about is that everything had, you know, you oh, know, in okay. doing recording like doomsday and all that stuff, it just kind of, you know, they're just throwing stuff on, they're just throwing tracks down, you know? Right. You know, but with Metallica, it, it's everything has to be exact. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So, and you hear that and that's what we're definitely. talking about. That's what you hear, you know, definitely, you definitely hear that. Yep. And <laughs> that's funny. Cause Bill's as Bill said earlier, it scared him. <laughs> like that's how tight oh, it sure, was. Sure. It was so tight. It was and, scary. And mean sounding and mm -hmm. just kind of e it just had that evil tone, man. I know, man. It's 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 something it's crazy to still like listen to it to it cuz I'm just like and I guess the and, and you know especially against the the um context of that time because it's like just albums were a little looser back then, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> You know, because now you now you can cheat more, so yeah, you can oh yeah. make a perfect album, right? Definitely. And you could cheat, but back it's, then it it was manual. It most, was hard for the most part back then. And if you were gonna cheat, it was a lot more labor intensive. You know. Yeah, yeah. You could you could like uh, you could bounce and you could you know um, you could clip cut tracks tape. and yeah. and like literally cut tape. Literally cut tape, but you could also do like uh, overdubs and mm -hmm. you know things like that. But that was tape. <laughs> right. And and. You know, there was no kind of editing as far as like, you know, uh, taking it back a half a step or taking it back like a split second right. or whatever, you know, because maybe a little off or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it was it was all manual. It was all analog. So, And I wanted to ask you because like I'm, I'm getting way into the weeds here, but <laughs> like um, people are like, <laughs> but it's called the metal nerd. So, uh, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. But um, I, I uh. I wanted to ask you, um, do you think, my, like, my my thinking, uh, thinking is that they did not record it to a click track, but do you know anything about that? Um, I don't know for certain if they did, but I can't imagine that they wouldn't have. Just you, you think they would have? Oh, yeah. Really? I, I can't imagine that they wouldn't have, just because um, of the precise nature that James plays, you know, of the way he plays, and... And uh, to be honest with you, um, I think everything pretty much goes with a click, you know, especially around then, you know, you didn't have, you know, the, all the digital shit that you have now to kind of 
clean it up or whatever but but to like to my knowledge and i mean you can hear it a lot of times but like like for instance like like anthrax records like for sure at that yeah. time they were not using a click mm -hmm. like you can hear that and which which like which one? like among the living really oh yeah you you can hear the the tempo speed up you know by like the wow. end of the song on say you know a verse or a chorus it's mm -hmm. just it's playing at a higher bpm hmm. but like and i feel like uh what song i was i i wish i there was one song i think it's um leper messiah where i could hear the the same effect happening where like at the end of the it's song like the when they get into the yeah i think, I think so by like the second or third time like it seems like it's like seems a little faster but yeah I, um, I just I just, ca I just can't imagine anybody recording without a fucking click track. But you got to remember, <laughs> but like y you and I weren't recording albums in 1986, you know. I think that was a different animal. But I, but what I wonder is because my 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 guess, I'm going to take a guess because mm -hmm. I don't know, mm -hmm. but I think they did not. And um, my wonder is like, how did they keep Lars like on Ringed point? in and uh, I, I, yeah, you know. See, well, maybe they like, you know what I heard? I heard like somebody said this recently where it might have even been, fuck, it might have been Fleming or, you know, like somebody was being interviewed and it was like a, like a pro producer and they would like somebody, they would like start the song like with a click, like even in the room, mm -hmm. like and a live click, but they would just out. cut it off when it was rolling. So like, so like, like they, the drummer had like, you know what I mean? So like, they could start on the like same point. Like they could start so. off. And like on on the right and at the right tempo, but then they would just cut the thing off and then roll from the gut, you know. So I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I couldn't say. Yeah, I different don't know time. for sure, but I can't imagine recording without a tr click track. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, but so we'll 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 uh, leave that one open ended. We'll maybe you guys can have uh, to couch that and email us and if you have any facts on that, the metal nerd uh, <laughs> podcast at gmail. Anyway. Um, so, but Matt, okay, so we get into the, uh, the title track, Master of Puppets. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it speaks for itself. I mean, the title track of the album, uh, it's got everything, you know, it's got the, the kick your ass balls to the wall shit. It's got, um, you know, the, the breakdown, you know, into the pristine, clean, you know, uh, acoustic sounding part and into the you know the the um, uh, uh, solo <laughs> yeah you know uh, it with the um the harmon the, the harmonized guitars um i just l i just love the the way that the song is put together you know the 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 interweaving of the of the riffs are just awesome. I, I mean, it sounds stupid. And <laughs> to me, it's like, it's kind of like the perfect metal song. Like It's um, got everything. Yeah. It's got everything. It's like, I guess the only thing that, not that it's missing, but I think, you know, that's a weird thing to say, the perfect metal song. So it, it's a it's a specific kind of metal song. Like it's a very kind of epic, kind of progressive in terms of just the arrangement. So for that <coughs> like version of metal, yeah, uh, it's perfect. Um, Definitely. You know, I'll kind of yeah. leave it at that. I can't. I mean, we talk all about this kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and and you know, not being on a podcast or whatever. Uh, you know, I'm a little more opinionated. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, Let fuck it rip, that Bill. shit, man. No, it's fucking, this is the best, and that's all there fucking is to it. There it is. Yeah. Let it rip. <laughs> Let it rip. You're man. like, where were you 20, 20 minutes ago? An hour ago? Where were you? <laughs> that's a, Bill's a bub just, uh, Bill's bub. just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. All right. Uh... Uh, Lepromycide? Yeah. No. No, 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 no. It's, um, um, oh, um, the thing that should not yeah. be. Oh, gosh. Man, um, we're going off the top of our heads here. Yeah. We're rolling like that. Uh, just the, the fucking heaviest shit, you know, I think Jason said it probably best, you know, heavy motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, the first song I can remember learning you know, to have to change tunings to learn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you about that. And uh, it, I, it, I mean, it, it, you don't really realize it not knowing music or whatever. Just, just by hearing it, you hear something different, you know, yeah. but you don't know what. And it's, you know, obviously the tuning's, t uh, he's tuned down, um, I believe, a half step. And then he does, like, the drop. D, I believe, on it as well. So I think it was probably drop C. Maybe. I, I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Um, but, um, you know, just hearing the... Uh, I, I think it was that one. And then I also heard it on um, uh, that Van Halen song. Uh, it's either Somebody Give Me a Doctor, I think it is. Mm. Where he's like, he does the tune, you know, the tune down thing. And this was before anybody was tuning down everybody was at standard you know right. back in those days but uh that definitely added a weight to it that you weren't you weren't used to and and this song definitely has that weight <laughs> yeah well and and like so the thing is so like if you're kind of just i don't know painting the picture with a, like an emotion you know like you hear a lot, a lot of songs you know up to this point on the album and even prior it's like i don't anger whatever like different uh but this one this one is like more like dementia like demented it is it's just, demented it is. and like <laughs> you know it just ha i don't know it just has that like you were saying crazy feel where you know just you just feel a little off it just feels a little off and insane yeah totally <laughs> yeah and then having that same you know the the um it almost kind of feels like it, it's a it's almost like in a, a, a um part two of um uh the the instrumental from ride the lightning uh, call of cthulhu call of cthulhu yeah yeah because it's the same subject matter i believe right i don't Isn't know that song about cthulhu again with the lyrics i don't even know what um the thing that should not be is about. I believe that's what it's about. Obviously, ride the lightning. They like for whom the bell tolls. You know, on this album. Oh, uh, and um, that's probably the slowest one on there. But I'm trying to think. There's some more mid mid moderate tempo ones. You know, like uh, escape and stuff like that. But um, but this one, you, this one's like really slow. Dun, dun, but it's dun, no dun, less dun, heavy. No, you know. it's super. Heavy. <laughs> it's super fucking it's, heavy. What did Jason call it? A heavy motherfucker. A big heavy motherfucker. A big heavy motherfucker, <laughs> and it is, and it's super heavy, and it's like, I don't know. In a way, it it, it kind of alludes to like, 
uh, or, or maybe that's not the right word, but it reminds you of like um, Black Sabbath, but then it also kind of, it also sounds more like things to come. You know what I'm saying? Which, like bands like doing slow and heavy. Yeah. And al- almost like, um, like the stoner kind of stoner metal right, and, right. and sludge and yeah. doom like doom that was like it, a beginning precursor for that I for guess. that and i mean obviously you know Took, sabbath is, a while is the you know they're the originator the precursor, of it yeah. but but metallica like you're, you're almost getting like a beefier heavier riff yeah dare i say you're definitely getting something um uh, different than you would normally yeah. get from a sabbath tune yeah. although yeah. Going back to that, I know that Sabbath tuned down as well, so yeah, that kind of help, you know, may, maybe helps it yeah. give that kind of feel. True, but it's the slowness too. But it's also then, like you said, with with James' vocal. Um, do you know? Do you know the? Uh, I could look it up, but do you know the uh, the first lyric? I just love how I, he. Um, messenger of fear in sight. Dark deception, Dark deception kills the light or something. Right. And when he's going, like, I was trying to think, like, what, like, I almost think of, like, Al Pacino or, like, or, or even, like, Adam Sandler when he does that, you like, know. when when they do that, like, that, like, sensitive thing right before they, they just scream off. at you and go yeah. off. And it's, like, it feels like that where it's, like, he's reeling you in oh, with this, like, kind of. Yeah, I hadn't pictured it like, like that. Like, he's but reeling yeah. you in, and then he just, like, before he's going to go off, like, on a psychopathic <laughs> rage on you you know what i mean yeah, and it's yeah. like you know once possessed and then boom he yeah puts it on you oh. and um you know when he when hatfield's voice is like doing something that you know like it, and of course i love black sabbath but it's this is a different monster you know this is a different thing than than black sabbath you know because yeah. since we're comparing yeah um yeah i mean to me that i mean just like i i I don't know if you have something that you like, like hold in that same area. And I'm just asking if you do, but um, like just to be there when they're doing that. Can you imagine fucking just being there? Like when they're writing it? When No, like maybe recording it. Mm-hmm. When they're in the studio recording Master of Puppets, can right. you imagine just fucking being Like James there? singing, doing his vocal track. Yeah, you just fucking... I, I, it, I would just be in awe. I would just be fucking like... Do you know I know you funny? can't see that in the in on on yeah. the podcast, but I'm s- sitting there with my mouth open. But. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think if you watch like a year and a half of the life of Metallica where he's doing his vocal performances, mm-hmm. that's also, su- that is the fly on the wall. We get access to yeah. the fly on the wall because yeah. they filmed it. And man, those vocal performances, I mean, because, you know, you can listen to Enter Salmon and we've all heard it a thousand times. And like some people don't like the song, right? But just check out like him performing that, like, like tracking that. And it's like, you just hear the raw yeah. James, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And man, there, there's just some power to his voice at that point, man. Yeah, because he, I mean, like you said, they had just gotten holy lord. Well, I mean, they're just they're, they're fucking always touring, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. And that, his vocals are always getting the workout. So, <laughs> but they were they, they were off tour um, for a while there, and he actually blew his voice out. Yeah, but like by that point, obviously by the time they're tracking, you know, he had worked it back up, you know. And I think that's when he started doing like, you know, he got lessons and had like the warm up thing going on and stuff like that. Mm. I think it was before the Black Album, I'm pretty sure. But even in in the year and a half of the life of Metallica, I don't know if it's the same time he blew his voice out, but you could kind of hear when they're like 
recording, but I think they're recording drums, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they were doing it live, so and he was just kind of singing. Lars him to sing. Yeah, and he <laughs> had like, kind of voice is a little trash. Exactly. You know, I mean, that that happened. We all know how that goes, you, especially if you haven't um, sang for a few weeks or something like that. It just mm-hmm. it doesn't take much time away from it to like kind of be have a pussy voice again. It actually kind of reminds me of something that I saw when we were doing the um, the corrosion. What was yeah. what, what was our name? Wise Blood. Wise Blood. Yeah, <laughs> we did a corrosion tribute. That's right. We have another band. I a couple about of times. Our other band. <laughs> um, and I got to see uh, firsthand Joe and John having like the brotherhood spat. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, I don't even. Re- I I can't even remember what it's uh, what it was about. But uh, it was. It, it, oh wait a minute. Maybe maybe um. You wanted John to do something, or John wanted you to. I think it was John wanted you to play something a certain way, uh, and you disagreed, and you said no. <laughs> nice. And then he just I. I I'm probably getting it completely wrong, but it was so awesome to see you guys argue, and yeah. you know, I thought it was great. Oh, great, cool, man! <laughs> it was really one of the perks of being in a band with you guys. Oh, it, d- absolutely. <laughs> I don't know that um, <laughs> our bandmates who have been with us uh, much longer would agree with that <laughs> statement, but you know, at this at this point, probably not. But you yeah. know, maybe early on, it probably gets old. It's like you know, um, maybe early that on, cute it was thing pretty you funny. Say to a girl in the beginning that becomes like uncute after you know several times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something like that. But um, good analogy. But anyway, definitely like check out. I know if you guys haven't seen it, I mean, you just have to anyway. Like a year and a half of the life of Metallica is an amazing, totally documenting of of them making that album. <laughs> uh, Welcome home, sanitarium, or is it sanitarium? Welcome home. I think it's Welcome home, sanitarium. Okay, Welcome home, sanitarium. I always called it sanitarium. I did. Too. I didn't bother with the Welcome home. Yeah. No, I don't think anyone did. No one did, huh? <laughs> no. That's funny. They gave that one to uh, King Diamond. <laughs> did they? Well, King Diamond does have a song called Welcome Home. So. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Didn't know. But I did know they were fans of King Diamond. That I did know. Definitely. All right. So, um, As am I. Talk me through your <laughs> love for Sanitarium. My love for Sanitarium? Well... I mean, it, I love, I do love Sanitarium, but, you know, if I had to say there was a song that I would pass by off of this album, it would probably be Sanitarium just because of... Too soft for you? No, no, it's not too soft. Uh, I think it's probably just the over, you know, saturation of it, hmm. I guess. You know, I mean, it... it I don't like radio songs. Okay, and there I kind of feel like it's a radio song. I mean, it's obviously a badass song, nonetheless, but it has the radio song uh, stigma in my mind. So, <laughs> but you know what it also has? <laughs> so I want to talk about that really quick. Th- those of you that are still here, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I, I remember on Cliff Amal, they are playing a show uh, on that tour in, like, Europe. Yeah. And it's some weird festival with, like, with El- like Elvis Costello. And Costello. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. And um, I re- so they play that, that song in, in the video. And, like, um, 
dude, I remember like just watching James just blazing that Fucking riff, dude. Off, man, yeah. And I mean, like, I think it, I'm sure it's faster on definitely. the video, you know, playing live definitely, than definitely. it is on the album. Yeah. And um, so those of you who don't know, so James Hetfield is known for his downstroking. And so when you hear, because when you're playing, uh, uh, take that riff, da, 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 or, you know, it's probably a little faster. You can just, you can go up and down, you know, you know on the string. Strike up and strike down. And exactly. Strike up. Yeah. But James says, no, I only strike down with the fury. <laughs> and so that's what he's, ca- he's known for just having this really fast downstroking. I kind of like downstriking. Uh, that might be a new thing we could start. There you go. Hashtag. You could name your podcast Downstriking. James Hetfield Downstriking. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Um, but yeah, I mean, you get the attack. You know, mm-hmm. you, you get that, that uh, just that Metallica attack when you, you know, only do downstrokes, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, it definitely, there's definitely a difference. And like, you know, the song Master Puppets, of course, is, is a tough one to play for that very reason. Because like, um, you know, if you listen to it, the tempo is obviously more moderate than something like Battery or, or um, Damage Incorporated. But, but the fact that he's playing, you know, um, that whole song, you know, downstroking, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty intense, man. Like Whoa. super intense. Very, very difficult. And um, but like this, this riffs even like like a faster tempo. You know, even though he may not be playing as long on it, but like, but man, that's a fucking riff, dude. Yeah. Like playing all you know all downstrokes on that riff, dude. And anyway, you in this video, um, kids got you know at home definitely check it out. Cliff them all if you have not. Um, on uh, YouTube, I'm pretty sure you guys. It's the whole pretty thing much on. what shaped my <laughs> my uh, your life. My life, yeah. It's Cliff them all. Yeah, it's amazing, man. When I when I mean that, yeah, that that changed my life. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, because that at that point, getting that access to the band was um, that was like, it's funny now because you know you have Instagram and all this shit where you just have so much access. to You it. can see anything you need, you want, you know. But when yeah. Metallica put that out, Cliff them all, you know, that was that was like deep access, and especially for a band who didn't, you know wasn't on didn't yeah, have videos no, right like, you know music videos and things like that on mtv or whatever um this was like deep access and it was it's just great it's basically a bunch of uh live footage of them from their like kill em all days like yeah. i think the kill em all tour mm. and f- up till um well until cliff died so like yeah. up to like 86 you know yeah so the three different tours and there's all this different footage and a little bit of you know cliff hanging out back and stage yeah. smoking weed or whatever yeah <laughs> and then like just drinking beers at a, like yeah. a, a hotel or an apartment or something like that and good stuff man Great. so cool it's uh it's everything i wanted to be in 1980 blah 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 right <laughs> and it's so funny man because like we forget how young they were like like in i think cliff was 24 when he died yeah and like i mean it, it's crazy dude like like 1986, like I think Hetfield was born like 63, so he was like 23 years old. You know, that was the shit. when they're touring Master Puppet. 23, Gosh. it's insane. So it's just funny to see these kids basically, um, you know, just hanging out and being kids and stuff, and it's good times. But when we were also kids, it was like. You looked up to them. Oh you know, my gosh! Just like, this was so yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. There was ever they were pretty much you know everything to me. You know, I would just that was my life was metallica for sure yeah um you know i would come home and play 
one of these albums from back to front, you know, and switch to the next for hours upon hours and go to bed and get up and do the same thing. Yeah, man. In between having to go to school. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> That's badass. That's so cool. Thank you, man. Fuck yeah. Um. Anyway, so okay, check out so Cliff Amal and that riff. Them, um, James just and like I kind of remember. He, I mean, he just he just he was he was the epitome of a badass. Like <laughs> I mean, he, you know, eighty six. You know, he's got like probably like a white, like misfits shirt on with like cut off sleeves, and he's got like this long blonde hair, and he's just like ripped he'll up flip jeans. It, he'll just flip it back, and it's like all the hair is like <laughs> behind him, and he's just like he's got this face, and he's doing this. Down pick and riff, and you're just like, dude, for a kid, like a and a, you know, especially a guy, you know, a guy kid with all these hormones and stuff, like that's the best shit ever, dude. It is, it is. You're just like, that's my hero, man. Like that guy, yeah. Rules, you know. Yeah, it was. You know, I I don't even know if I can explain how. um I guess everybody has their, you know, coming to realization time in their life and that whatever they're doing at that time or whatever they're interested in at that time is just like really close to them and really important. And that um, seeing them do that, you know, it was that was like the reason that I wanted to do, you know, like a tribute or any of that stuff is just I wanted people to feel that. Right. What I felt when I saw that, I'm like, holy shit, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. That, that's, I don't care. I just love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, that's really kind of what I tried to, to do, which is, you know, I, I did, when, when, when I joined that band, I just wanted to make them clear that I didn't want to do anything beyond the Justice album. So we really never kind of, I mean, a couple of times we did have to do, you know, maybe Enter Sandman or I think. I think you guys did Sad But True too. I think, well, I think that was the one album, one song off of the Black album that I you guys didn't okay mind with. doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there was, there might've been a couple, but. Uh, also a heavy motherfucker. Definitely, definitely. A big heavy and, motherfucker. And by the way, tuned down. <laughs> um, mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I forgot where I was going. Well, just that, <laughs> like when when you were, you wanted to make it clear to the boys and creepy oh yeah, death yeah. That, that, that I just I just wasn't interested in doing anything other than those, you know, the the first four albums. Yeah. Um, and you know, I and just th- I thought that out. I thought it would be, you know, to me, and this is just me, my and my own thought process is that if I saw Metallica tribute, I wouldn't want to see anything but that. Yeah. And so, you know, I kind of just imposed my own kind of law on that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's see. So sanitarium, I think we got any more on that? Um, no, but uh, other than, you know, just um, the little tidbit of, you know, Dr- Chris Drumslot, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, well, the um the chorus part of that song was ripped off by his original band and what was his band called uh i don't remember what the I band's think I name saw was them, but but um but i've talked to him a, a few times about it and he would tell me that 
James and Lars used to come over a lot. Uh, and where did he live? Where did Chris live? Um, I believe it was in Huntington, but I'm not certain. Well, because I mean, he I don't. Know I met him sure. later on. You know, Chris. When, yeah, when like the mid '90s, uh-huh. and um, he lived in this neighborhood. And um, okay, it might have been in that the back place. of the neighborhood, and uh, in in Westminster, which isn't too far from Downey and all that. But um, I don't I don't know if he was there at the time, but I, I think I saw the band, his band, the one you're talking about. Okay, play. okay, and I think at, they were the, also on. House. I think they are also. Uh, they talked about it on uh, Mandatory Metallica a couple of times, or Is at least right? at least once. That's funny. Um, and they played the song that the that the riff came from it didn't have the okay it just was the interesting but Chris would was telling me how you know James and Lars would come over and go that's that riff I'm like really interesting and he's like yeah yeah lifted huh yeah Wow, that's good, man. Yeah, that's, that's a, good a little good, piece, huh? Yeah, that's some <laughs> dirt right there. That is. But you good. can get more information if you have Chris on. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. No, that's so funny, man. I I forget so many little bits and pieces, but you know, I was like in high school, and uh, I went to uh, so one of my friends lived across the street from Chris. Oh, okay. And cool. he's like, yeah, come over and um, check out my friend's band, you know. And we were just starting up our band or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. And, and like I went over, it was so awesome, dude. Cause it was like, you know, they were older dudes and yeah. it was like, they killed it. Like they were like a real band, you know? <laughs> totally. And like, you know, Chris is a rad drummer. Yeah. And, and it was like, I remember it was like a heavier band. Like it was a heavy band, you know? And, um, and so, and it was original. So it was like, they were doing, they played like in his living room. They had this the kind of big living room mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. in the kind of the back of the house. So crazy, man. <sighs> crazy stuff. Small world. Yeah. But yeah. That's why, like, later on when, when you guys had your little, like, um, tribute circuit going, and, I, you know, he was in, I think, an Aussie band. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I know that guy, you know. Like, it's Chris. It's a cool drum guy. slot. Everyone knows drum slot. I know, slot. right? Yeah. And it really cool, really cool <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, great. Too. He's a great dude. Yeah. Let's flip this bitch over. All right, yeah, let's turn this, <laughs> turn the record over. All right. Um, all right. <laughs> One of Bill's top five. This uh, is this is my white whale, man. Y- it's um, the riff that uh, they do on there is just insane. You know, it's uh, like Joe was talking about before with the down picking and everything. I mean, that's you know that's tough enough to do down picking, but you know to to roll the riff out that they did on um, Disposable Heroes is. Uh, <laughs> Right. How many hours have I sat there and just tried to do that? It's it's maddening. Um. Then you get a break after doing that for quite a while. You get a break and it's. Then you get to sing, which you know. By then, you know when we were when we were 
covering that song by then i was like pretty much my wrist was jelly and i was just hiding behind james and singing <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's a beautiful song it's amazing it's, it is it's got um so much complexity it does uh not just from the guitar riffs and everything but just the the overall arrangement is you just don't hear arrangements like that anymore um from going from the intro into the verse and then having that uh weird <laughs> kind of middle part and just yeah. rolling back into it it's, it's uh, hands down my favorite song of all time yeah, the, the the interesting thing I was thinking about with the intro is that the um, you know, I used to think it it's it's really in threes is the thing. That's what makes it like, if you don't hear it in threes, it's another riff where it's gonna sound like really odd, like an odd time thing. Mm-hmm. But then it makes sense when it's in threes, you know. Right, right. But if you think of it as, you know, it has a different where the accents go has a different feel to it. So um, that was one where um, I was yeah, someone I was talking to somebody about this recently, and they're like, "Yeah, it's so weird." I'm like, "Yeah, because you you gotta hear it in threes, you know, and in a triplet, and then it then makes sense, you know." So, but it is weird. It, it that was another one, another riff where I was just hearing it wrong for probably decades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, are you talking about the intro riff? The, or? the intro, the. And it's a it, it's kind of funny. Sometimes they do those hidden triplets, like um, on uh, "To Live Is to Die." You know, it's that middle piece that they're doing. You know, the the acoustic part where it cuts out and it's like, yeah. I didn't know that, but it's a triplet. You know, huh? Because it, it's like, um, I, uh, and and the way that I know it is because when we started trying to learn how to play it mostly you know it, it, it came to a point where it was like uh we couldn't figure out how to do it until we realized it was a triplet right know? exactly and because it, it's it gonna your timing is gonna be all wacky if you don't understand yeah. that it's like in the triplet form mm-hmm, versus yeah mm-hmm. like a straight four yeah so but yeah and, and i mean when you like when you think of the the, the, the if you were counting to it, like your intro is, and then, so it's like it totally changes right there, you know. So, just Lars. you know, um, that's Lars for you. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, um, but it's so cool because you know, I mean, I don't know, progressive, but it's almost like. I almost think like this song to me is like a thrash opus. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. It's just like, you know, it's, it's, and it's so, it's definitely thrash, but it's not straightforward at all. And it's kind of a long song. Oh, it's, it's very long as well. Like eight, 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 nine minutes. Yeah. What is it now? Let's see. Is it eight? Oh my God. It is eight. Yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) For thrash, dude, that's a lot of thrashing, man. And I mean, don't, don't, don't discount what he's doing for that eight minutes. It's like, fuck. I know. James, yeah. James, the right hand again. Hence the white whale. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, I know, man. I, I, I hear you. Um, I love. Okay, there's a lot, lot to say about the song. Um, the um, 
the drumming i i gotta say so you were talking about that middle that middle part you know i love it so much and um one of the things that's interesting is like people always say you know lars hasn't played the ride simple since like i don't know, say kill them all, kill them all. <laughs> but he actually plays it in <laughs> yeah. this middle section that's true it's and true. It, it's i think it's the only place maybe since kill them all and until like load or something like that yeah that he plays a ride symbol good point man. i don't I think there's any ride on that. justice right i don't believe so and i don't i'm not sure i could be wrong about ride there might be i don't i don't think he somewhere does I don't, maybe it's oh. possible but I, not that i can think of yeah i can't think of any off the top of my head but it's just kind of funny there should be ride on ride <laughs> you would think so and those of you who don't know what we're talking about i mean um, ride a ride symbol is like a the pingy kind of fact I have one right here. Let me see. It's a pingy symbol <coughs> that you ping instead of like a hi hat where it's washy kinda like this. That's a washy kind of two two symbols and then this is that's a ride. So you kinda you kinda basically uh use that as a timepiece in between beats, right? I mean that's the idea yeah, of, a yeah. of a ride or a or an hi hat. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of like more or less, you know, like a drummer will hold the beat with one of those typically. But he's doing such a killer little groove there. And like, that's one of those, man, where I'm almost like. Are you talking about the one where it's like. Yeah, exactly. Here, I'm going to get to it right here. Here he goes. There it is. There's the ride. And he does a cool job with it, too. Dude. You know. Yeah, in like those little fillers. The yeah. Mm. That's so cool. I don't know. That's sexy as yeah, fuck, it, man. And, and that's something I don't think Lars ever did before or ever does again. Like, ever. Like, it's yeah. just so, like, that's such a cool little, like, it almost, I don't know, makes you think of, like, almost Neil Peart. Right? Yeah, and, like, you know, just exactly mm -hmm. and it's such a cool piece and you wonder if someone gave him the idea i don't want to like <laughs> sell him short or anything but i know but we I know am. you didn't come up with that <laughs> but I, but i am no but you know what though here's the thing though actually the, the between this album and justice was obviously like i think it was the height of him being a drum sure, a sure. drummer nerd his. like a drumming nerd yeah like he was really like going balls deep into drumming and um and okay, so disposables like this whole song is chocked full of like just drum goodies, man. And it's like it's like what I said earlier. Like if you listen to the song, you're like, if if you hear someone say he sucks, and then listen to the song, you're like, I don't know what you're talking. I about. I mean, yeah, this song is like if you were gonna play like somebody, somebody say for instance didn't know what metal was, right? And you play this is what you would play them. I would think. Right, right, right. To me. If you want to blow their head off, yeah. Well, if you want to let them know what the fuck metal is, this is metal. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. To me, anyway. Totally, man. It's there. He's just, he's just, you know, doing different shit all throughout the whole song, so. There's exactly, and um, there's just a lot of, like, and, and I, this is, like, you, you can always hear this, and again, when, like, when he took four months to track it and all that, and. I don't know how much of that was writing or not, you know, if they wrote some on the road or who knows, right? But, like, um, you hear it. Like, you hear the attention to detail. And, like, I think, you know, at this point in the game, Lars was putting a lot of attention to detail. Sure. And you hear it. And, like, you can hear that he's listening. I don't know if that comes just from them 
practicing a lot together and then working out parts together or if it's just him but you can he's listening to the guitar parts you know he's spending time and making sure and like coming up with with drum parts accenting that, as exactly. opposed to maybe stepping on exactly and that's huge you know you know how much of that was you know the people around him pushing him or himself but i think it well, was also just was so new then still i'm thinking probably i mean they they had done a shit ton of touring before that I'm, i know but i think at the time it was so exciting you know because this was like the edge right this was the fucking edge it was it was you know i mean there were things beyond the edge obviously you know there was like fucking venom and death and well, maybe not deaf at this point, but right. you know, there were there were heavier bands, but right. this was the fucking cutting edge of of music Rock. at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say music in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just nothing was coming out like this. Yeah, I mean, um, th- there me like you know, when, once you get into the kind of like virtuoso world, there was you know, obviously there were better musicians sure, that sure. existed, but in terms of like songwriting and being extreme and all that, I agree. Like, and especially for something like that was in the kind of was contemporary for young people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. what young people would listen to. This was definitely the edge. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Leper Messiah. Leper Messiah. Um, it it kind of has the same feel to me that, uh, um, that, that, uh, um, thing that should, not, thing be. That should yeah. not be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being the second Slower. song on the side and all that's well, puppets, the second song on the first side, but, it just has that feel of being after, you know, the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dispo- right, disposable. But it, it, like. it, it, uh, it has that same characteristic, but it's not tuned down. Um, it, uh, but it does still kind of have that heavy feel. Definitely. I, I don't, I, you know, it's not, we're not, I'm not really contradicting what we said before, but it's you know it, it just it has its own feel but it, it definitely feels kind of like a thing that should not be in I, I don't know what respect but that's what i think about totally <laughs> uh leper was i don't know why I'm, I'm trying to think of the exact beginning i'm gonna need a help for a second here okay right because i yeah this is um i've been playing this one a lot for fun um yeah. on drums but um uh yeah, it's it's slower. Like the, we were saying earlier, like um, the the uh, I think the two on this album, but it does have a part where it gets you know it does yeah. it gets going pretty well. Yeah. I actually love this song. I love that song. Yeah, I love the whole the whole album. I love, but yeah, I think um this song has a lot of. I mean, it actually has a lot of qualities that none of the other songs I think have. Hmm. Um. It uh, you know it's got that um, the I think I think just like the chorus it just bah, do that you know it has that open kind of you know where he he everybody kind of just comes down and allows him to you know kind of bow to love a messiah you know and it just has that openness right there for that vocal um, where I think. A lot of the other songs are more riff-driven, and you know, yeah. not that this one isn't, but you know, definitely, you know, it it it's so um, lending to the vocal. I yeah. think 
uh, more more so than uh, some of the other songs i feel like totally um okay so shall we move on to the next track okay orion okay (laughs) this is uh probably the most I mean, with the exception of uh, To Live Is To Die, the two songs that I feel Cliff in the most, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, obviously the, the you know, the breakdown in the middle, uh, you know, he has a pretty prominent part and then he's got a, a kick-ass solo. In yeah. There, uh, which, you know, if you don't know, you know, bass or, or guitar or whatever, you know, you probably don't even know that it's a bass playing, but <laughs> yep, I'm gonna go there. Sorry, okay. keep, keep going. Sure, a- and um, I- it's just uh, the sorry, you know the, the the feeling no, of tough. Cliff is definitely in the room anytime you 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 play this this tune. <laughs> to me, you know, absolutely, I don't know. Um, you know, and also with the the opening riff, and not to switch around, but the opening riff is just it's one of my favorite riffs of all time. Uh, it, and it, it it's so f- enjoyable to play, and it's not super difficult, b- you know. But it sounds fucking badass, you know. The g g g g oh got totally, the, it's got dude. the backwards uh, cording, and uh, they just uh, they do such a massive job on it. Man. Yeah, those chords, um, they just connect with your soul somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and. Like I said, you could just feel Cliff throughout the entire song, and um, if 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 I had to pick a song to listen to, it, it, Sorry, it would probably me. be this song. Oh, not yet. Next yeah, one. here it is. Ow. So I mean, it's the master, the master on master, right there. Uh, yeah, I think everyone would think without knowing that that's a guitar. Yeah, solo, you know, yeah. You know. Um, so and you can hear the dual tracking because the harmonies. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's definitely doing some harmony there. Um, yeah. It, <laughs> I don't know where to start with this song, man. It's just, I just love it crazy and no words no vocals at all yeah um, uh, it's it's a really good song to work out to too not that i work out a lot but it is man it's almost like you know like it's a, you know like soundtrack it's, it's like a vibe a, song yeah like kinda. it could be a soundtrack like song to a movie or you yeah. know like it yeah. just makes you feel something you know that it's 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 moving like something it, is moving forward it definitely moving. makes you want to get up and do something mm-hmm. just from the time you hear the the little brah, brah, and then the drums kind of start creeping in you know Mm -hmm. good nice production touches there you know totally love it love it there's nothing better totally and you know like i wonder um speaking of fly on the wall and all that like i wonder how the whole that middle section started you know i'm i'm imagining it, it in a jam yeah, but I'm also imagining it started out how it, how it comes in, which is from the bass yeah, riff. You know yeah. that he's just noodling on that bass riff, and then I could hear them not even saying any, anything to each other, and then just James like coming in doing 
like that lead thing, you know, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. just kind of them building off of that, you know, and yeah, and it's it's, like, oh yeah, it, we should put that in the the song. It it, <laughs> it feels so uh, uh, fluid. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's funny because, you know, uh, they released mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. tracks that were like, um, you know, uh, uh, oh. Um, All right. How about uh, how about um, Damage Incorporated? So when we're so we're on the um, the bass theme and then you go into this intro, man, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, it, it Right off the bat. I mean, when they pop in. Uh, it doesn't even sound like bass, by the way. Like no, no. You're, I, and in a way, you're I, kind of figuring out what the hell isn't it, it like, is. Isn't it like bass synthesizer or something like that? You know, I you would know way more. But I was actually, well, I actually meant to ask you, like in Orion, what if you knew, like, what kind of how he's getting that tone? You know, the you mean the intro thing? No, that like the guitar solo, like the oh. bass solo. You know, where oh. he's getting like the, he like he's probably has a wah, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's and got a wah. Probably um, a distortion pedal too. He's got an overdrive as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, but but I, I mean, could have been no, but I, I mean, I know he's got a he's got a wah, and he's I know he's got yeah. a yeah. overdrive. But yeah. other than that, I, I, I no, I don't know. Like I mean, anesthesia. obviously, obviously, it's some, there's going to have to be some sort of EQing going on so that he can come, so he can you know come through you know in a you know and it's gonna it's gonna have to boost the mids and the highs a little bit so he can come through as a kind of a more of a um a uh, um rhythmic instrument as opposed to being uh you know just to like cut the percussion like i'm sorry percussion to get know, to the, be more um, rhythmic as opposed to being you know being you know in the percussion and you know, I mean, I mean, just being hidden in the mix and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, exactly. To, yeah, to come out of the mix. I want to play just a piece of it because, I mean, this thing is—it's gnarly sounding, man. So unique. And you know, I mean, I didn't know this for forever, but like, you just wouldn't know that's a bass. Mm, no. But you know, but this was Cliff, man. This is the mind of twenty-three-year-old Cliff Burton. And just very <laughs> experimental dude, man. Like, and here you have like metal kind of being at least perceived to be sort of like mindless. Well, almost like monotheistic. It's like like a one trick pony, just like But like this dude's like just trying all this different stuff that kind of comes from outside of that sound, you know. Yeah. And um, but that's what gave that's what made them special, you know. But also going back to that thing I was telling you about before, when he and Jim Martin and and the drummer yeah. dude were were together, a lot of that stuff was going on. Oh, okay, okay. You know, a lot of the, I mean, it wasn't by any stretch. It wasn't just like four four time stuff. Just kind of, oh, okay. You know, it was they were going, they were doing some shit. <laughs> just the brutality that this song fucking, I mean, ends this ends the album off with perfectly. So, like I said earlier, this is like, um, this one's even faster than battery. Um, I actually think you said earlier that battery kind of reminded you of, um, the riff kind of was reminding you of blackened, but I actually think this riff reminds me more of the blackened riff because it's like, he's, he's doing like the accents kind of like pull off. Like they almost, 
You know what I mean? They're they're almost like on the. Oh, no, I mean I mean the first one. Oh, okay. What is it? No. You know it's that like. Da-da, you know this, and it's like on the upbeat. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like da 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 And again, it's one of those riffs. Like if you're not paying attention, and you kind of like, like for me, that almost helps. Like what I just did to kind of slow it down and to sing it and stuff. And then you get the kind of like you get the essence of the riff. You know what I mean? Then you're like, how am I going to throw all those into the? Yeah. Into the timing that's supposed to happen. Hey guys, cutting in here. Um. Unfortunately, I lost the end of the conversation with Bill uh, somewhere in the um, the digital abyss somewhere. But um, anyway, we got two hours. I hope you enjoyed the, the podcast. And uh, we will see you next time on The Metal Nerd. Take care, guys.